Again, I think it depends on who you ask. Um, yeah. It looks like we got Chris off now, though, now. Yeah. Hello. Hello. Hey. How's it going, guys? Hey. <laughs> eavesdropping on you. <laughs> <laughs> Just talking about, uh, they're, they're already, we're five minutes in. We're, we're already trying to be convinced to go vegan. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> talking about the, on that. <laughs> yeah, it's talking about the possibilities of dropping meat. Yeah, well, yeah, meat you can leave it out. I'm a cheese guy. Oh, Ooh. dude, cheese, what's up? That's my thing. <laughs> I was gonna say all about it. Here we go. <laughs> Open the pit. Yeah. Love me some cheese. <laughs> Favorite kind of cheese? My favorite, uh, Taleggio. Taleggio. Do you know what that yeah, is? I don't even know what that is. I've never well, heard of that. It's it's like a semi-soft cheese from uh, from a village in Italy where my family is from. Oh, oh, interesting. That sounds awesome. So is that? I wonder so if it, you can get that it's, here. It's kind of a funky cheese if you're into like funky smelling cheeses. Well, Chris is into funky smells in general. I so smell he... funky, so <laughs> <laughs> you can count him in on that. And I'm a little cheesy. We'll have to look that up. <laughs> you are yeah. a little cheesy, that's for sure. <laughs> That outfit's a little cheesy. Hey. 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 Already. Already. <laughs> are you, if yeah. you guys are ready, we're, we've been recording, so if you haven't known, okay. you, you've had hot mics this whole time. <laughs> yeah. And everything will be used against you. So, oh. <laughs> For the record, does anyone else have their shirt off? <laughs> Besides Robert. <laughs> Didn't have time. <laughs> and Christopher, are you also tired? If I'm tired, yeah. <laughs> that was one of the things I'm we talked about. I'm feeling like Michael Douglas in Falling Down. <laughs> oh my God, what a reference. That's me, that's me this morning, man. That's me for <laughs> sure, for sure. Yeah, Chris walks around like that. <laughs> uh, good stuff. Well, gentlemen, I just want to say thanks for doing this. We're, Chris and I have been looking forward to this and super excited to talk to you all Um I think one of yeah. you said it in a message. We might be your biggest fans. That that might be true. <laughs> <laughs> not for long, um, though. I really yeah, not don't think long. not for long. You're going to have so. so many more after this record. Um, but anyway, welcome. We'll officially welcome to the Waves of Sound podcast. We're so happy to have you guys. Thank you. Um, Thank you. Thanks. Thanks for having yeah. us. Um, I know we've already been chatting a little bit, but I thought we'd just start off easy. And if each, if, uh, each of you want to just introduce yourselves, what you do in the band, and then maybe... Uh, if one of you kind of, uh, I think it'd be interesting to hear kind of like a potted history of, uh, you know, how Feed Me to the Waves started, how all of you came to be together and, uh, you know, kind of where you started and how you got to where you are. Yeah, sure. Um, I guess I can start. Um, my name is Robert. I play guitar. And uh, who's next? <laughs> is that it <laughs> yeah I'll, I'll get that perspective just a small introduction yeah should i go next okay yeah. uh, so my name is tom anderson and i'm the bass player in feed me to the waves and my name is christopher and i play the drums in feed me to the waves yeah you, you guys were better than me, um, <laughs> but uh, like the whole history of uh, Film Into the Waves and how we started is it's like it's quite long and quite weird. Like we have so many like twists and turns. I think it's pretty yeah. special. So um, 
basically it was a couple of years ago um, me and Tom uh, we played in uh, still played but in another band called uh, E321 and uh, when our drummer left town we were like stranded we didn't really have someone to play with uh, so we contacted a guy that we knew were in the like same position he also had a band and this uh, uh, band member had uh, gone to holland i think um so we started jamming it, uh, jamming it out uh, and then we found uh, christopher buying drumsticks in the yeah. music shop uh, like across the street from where we practice and uh, we all went to the same school yeah, we yeah. knew each other before. So okay, oh sweet. So, but then we were like, "Yeah, you you want to play with us, maybe?" And Christopher were like, "Sure, why not?" I'll think um, about it. No. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and then Tom actually played guitar. So we were like pre- uh, three guitarists and a drummer, um, because. Um, before that, like the band we had before, it, it was a trio. So um, we only had one guitarist, and now we were like we wanted to make it more grander, you know, yeah. and add a couple more guitars. Um, and then we found a guy called Oscar who played the bass for us. So um, we recorded like the first single, the self-titled single, and it's that uh, constellation. Uh, three guitarists and Oscar on the bass and Christopher on the drums. Um, then we started like making new mu- music, um, but uh, then like things started getting weird. Like, <laughs> not weird, but um, we wrote uh, a couple of songs, like three or four songs, and then Andrea, who is Italian, and uh, he went back to Italy, and uh, we didn't really know why or if he would come back. Um, Just kind of like a mysterious still... uh, exit back to Italy? Yeah, uh, like super mysterious. <laughs> because uh, <laughs> after like a uh, couple of weeks, uh, he moved to uh, uh, Australia, and then he... Uh, got married and moved to New York. So like uh, he, he, he like followed the, his dream and uh, got to New York in a way. But we, we weren't really notified and didn't really know what was going on. Um, but we like kept making music um, as uh, uh, like the four of us that were left. And uh, that's uh, so there were like three songs with Andrea and uh, two songs or something that we wrote without him, and we never knew like how we would incorporate it. But uh, that's what turned out into uh, Before This Wilderness uh, Consumes Us, which is like our first EP. Mm-hmm. Um, we we recorded that as a quartet, yeah, okay. but we still like incorporated Andrea anyway. Mm-hmm. It was like a really weird EP for us. Um, and the week before we recorded that, our bassist left as well. Wow. Uh, so we were down to three men, uh, us three that's here now. Um, yeah. 
and I, I, I started playing bass instead of, of guitar at that point because we needed yeah. to fill the gap. That was interesting. Yeah. So you kind of you made that switch just kind of out of out of a necessity initially. Because you, you guys needed to fill that a little bit. Not 100%, I guess, but, but I'm more comfortable playing bass okay. because uh, in our other band, the e, E321 <laughs> <laughs> or E321, uh, I play bass full time on that one. Okay. So I had more, I was more not experienced, but I, I played a lot more bass at that point. So it felt more natural. I took that part. Mm-hmm. So that's, yeah. yeah. So like the whole EP we released, we like had uh, zero like um, thoughts on how it would go in the end because like it was a weird EP to record and like the songs didn't click for us and uh, then we sent it out to a guy uh, to mix it and master it and it took pretty much like two and a half years before we released it and at that point we like lost all in the songs and we just released it and uh, people still liked it i guess you guess uh, that was that was a great ep <laughs> and i think i yeah. told you guys that that you know yeah. I, I was surprised that it took forever to come out and then um that you guys said that it was more or less b-sides like almost like you guys were like these songs had been shelled and you guys like ah eh, let's release it so i was really surprised yeah. at that attitude well it was one music. song on the album the permian that we felt First quite track. satisfied with mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah then we felt well we'll just release it so we can so we can release the song and move on yeah, yeah. and move so and like also, yeah. yeah yeah we saved uh we saved one of the songs that didn't make the album actually we redid for uh, this album that we released now and that was us in eugene the oh, last song yeah yeah that's a great awesome. song yeah yeah and, so and, and, and that kind and, of like not acoustic but quite stripped down yeah uh, and then we totally redid it as the trio yeah because there's a there's a video of you guys playing it in the room and i think uh you guys were using a stand-up bass in that version and it sounds yeah. completely yeah. different than than the version you guys released officially so that was interesting Did you guys yeah. have a lot of fun uh reimagining that song maybe uh, attaching new emotions to that song when recording it? I, I guess it was like um, that, uh, the basis we had then Oscar, he he's the one that left us afterwards. And then we la- were like, oh, we should try to play this song like in a full band setting and a little more energy to it. And I think Tom just did his own thing, mm-hmm. like took the like melody and stuff and uh, we did it, and uh, we like, yeah, this feels more natural for us. Uh, not that I really love the uh, the other version as well. Uh, the, the other version was very uh, spacey and ethereal, and this one feels like there's more of a fleshed out kind of approach, yeah. and it fits the it fits the record really well. Yeah, I, that's nice of you to say. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, we haven't really talked about this album uh, until um, that's um, like during the whole process of um, mixing where we sent it out and it took so while, the three of us like um, wrote until. Um, so uh, we, we did it like uh, we kind of left those old songs because we weren't really the same band. 
but we still were like it's it was a hard weird feeling you know yeah um so um i think it was easier for us to find a sound for this album because yeah. the three of us are into post-rock we we like playing post-rock and we like listening to post-rock as well mm-hmm. uh, and that was kind of like oscar that plays the bass is really good at playing the bass and but he had more like influence and influences from other music he mm-hmm. wasn't necessarily that into post-rock so it was a more like natural setting for us to create mm-hmm. the music now than it had been on the previous like the two albums before that yeah so and it's not the like album uh, didn't really take that long to write no and it's not like uh it's a bad thing to have other influences like we listen to a lot of stuff otherwise as well but i guess we three clicked and then uh, um, we also have nicholas uh, <laughs> who haven't been able to join us today but he's still part of like the band and he joined at a later stage to play guitar and uh, like glue everything together in a really nice way i think it fits so well the things he played uh, and the it was so nice uh, to like feel like now we're the constellation we want to be um and the songs are a result of that i i guess um and that's why it's the album is called Intil. Um, Intil is like in Swedish means like next to or close or besides or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and that and it likes reflecting the sound because for us we're really close to the music. Like we we're really close to what we wanted to achieve with this album. Uh, so we're I don't know like uh, in Sweden you can say like. Yeah, that you lie next to it like I, I, it's hard to explain but uh, we were much until uh, yeah. our feelings for this record i think well, i love that i think that definitely comes off it, um, it does it's almost go ahead you can you can i was just i was curious um it's probably going to be a super loaded question but um did that closeness that you and like like you said you guys just click so well as this group that's together now where did where did that come from is that do you i'm curious if i'm always curious with band especially like post rock instrumental bands do you get do you yeah. like do y'all jam a lot do you guys just kind of sit around and just yeah, yeah. like just f- kind of let it flow i'm always curious if it's yeah. like if it, that's kind of the process or if you know some bands there's one person that kind of just takes the reins and writes a lot and everybody just kind of adds to it so I'm just curious. Uh, I know you already kind of said yes, but I'd love to hear that. Yeah. Like, like, <laughs> and, like and, and, um, and I guess a follow up to that would be if if that's what you guys do, is that kind of how this record was written, or did you have yeah like, like a, a clear vision of like that was actually we want this sound on this record? Going to be my songs? question for sure. Like, did you guys approach it with a concept first, or was it like a concept meaning like because you had gone through all the other stuff you've gone through with the last two releases, was this like a fuck it, we're going to do it? even if it's just three of us or, you know, we're just going to, to really make the record we want, or was it you guys just came into the practice space, started jamming, and then it kind of flourished from there? I guess it's like uh, both. Uh, there yeah. was a lot of like, uh, fuck it, 
let's do it. <laughs> and there was also like uh, you should have called the album that. Yeah, that <laughs> was that was the uh, yeah. <laughs> that was the other the next release. Yeah. yeah, but there were also like a lot of feeling. Like we have to feel in each other. We haven't played in that constellation before, so we, there was a lot of jamming. Like, and we never we have never had a song that we just written and came to the rehearsal space like we jam everything out mm-hmm. and that uh, that pretty much obviously comes... we have ideas before we jam yeah sure like robert mostly comes up with oh hey i thought about this and then we'll jam to it and see how it feels and yeah. sometimes the song turns into something completely different and sometimes it turns into what we thought before yeah and oftentimes we like uh, do something for 20 minutes and then we say, okay, maybe we should try something else. Like it, it's not just jamming, but it's like constructive jamming, but yeah. it takes a lot of time. Uh, and it comes from like, uh, like the whole thing, like that we play uh, post rock or what you call it, like uh, pretty much comes from uh, our first band we had in uh, high school, me and Tom. And that was like a lot of jamming. And then we like pretty much released an uh, EP, which were like jam songs. <laughs> and then someone uh, said like, uh, like some uh, review site or blog put it out and said like, ah, yeah, oh, this post-rock album is that and that. And we were like, what is post-rock? <laughs> so um, before like we even listened to it, uh, it, it uh, like we never listened to post rock before we played it. Oh, if we say it like that, um, so and that's like really the part of it why why it clicks because this is what comes natural to us. Yeah, um, and we also like said a lot about uh, the album being uh, like a picture of nature and like the stuff in that, but it's maybe more like word natural like uh, these songs are came very naturally organic to us. Yeah. we didn't we didn't yeah, have organic. to like talk yeah organic we we didn't which we is, didn't have to work hard for it it just came to us which is fitting for yeah. the vegan group it's all natural <laughs> <laughs> boom oh yeah so uh yeah with with all the songs or your approach to writing being so so organic do you find and specifically with Intel, did you find that you guys were still writing songs as you approached the studio or entered the studio? Or was it, did you guys jam it out until you guys felt like it was in its final stages and then recorded it? Um, I, I guess a lot of songs were kind of not finished before we recorded it. And like... Uh, I think we had the base it. of all the songs, like yeah. a figure... Mm-hmm. I mean, we knew kind of how they were going to sound, but then, of course, we added some more, like, yeah. Not yeah, you, had the, you had the silhouette of them. Yeah. around it. Yeah. Nice. Uh, we, we, like, um, this record also, like, recorded in uh, the drums we recorded in a basement. Uh, all the guitars we recorded in our rehearsal space. So we had, a, like, we didn't book a studio. Uh, we just did it ourselves. Oh wow! And uh, so we we, we we rehearse in the studio, so yeah, have the opportunity to record everything essentially. Yeah, so uh, it is like um, 
it was a long process with the recording as well. And we had the opportunity to like uh, say that stuff could change. Uh, we were open for change. So like guitar melodies could change and everything could change because we had a chance to like re-record it. And because like when I recorded albums before, um, it's like a really set timeline. Mm -hmm. Like today is the day of the guitar. Don't fuck up pretty much. Right. And uh, now I was the only one that had that pressure. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I forgot the pressure of not fucking up, but everything else were like, we could try stuff out. And that was also like a really good process for us to like get the jams into the production as well, I guess. Like a lot of stuff are um, that's like extra on top that we still try to do live now. Um, it just came to us while we like pressed the record and just I, I, I fiddle with a looper or something for the whole song. And uh, yeah. Um, yeah. So you guys, I mean, the you guys had a third guitarist at one point and now you guys are, are working in other instruments like a trumpet or a cellist. Um, where does that come from? Like where w- did you guys go into it knowing in, even in, in um, before the wilderness before the wilderness consumes us, I believe there's extra instrumentation on there. How do you guys approach that? Is that something you guys, I mean, have planned out or is it just something since you guys have extra time since you're recording yourself you just hit record and flesh it out and see what happens. Um, I think like the trumpet comes from uh, me playing the trumpet, you know, <laughs> it's pretty like, uh, it's a cool aesthetic to have and a cool timbre to add to music, I think. And also like I played a lot of jazz oh, and nice. uh, to take the trumpet out of the jazz and uh, put it in post rock is kind of cool. Very and cool. then, um, uh, like all the cello and the string works, it's actually our friend Eric, who we worked with uh, before, and he's amazing, like super great at playing anything. So we just sent him the files, and like you can do what, whatever you want. I hear some stems, like, and uh, he just delivered on I think two songs, uh, and it sounds great, actually. It's impressive, uh, actually. It it definitely yeah, supports we, we the music. Feel- yeah, we feel yeah. comfortable with Eric, and I mean, you you want to give somebody the freedom to do their take on it and do what they feel about it, because that's how it would be if he was in the band. I mean, right? That yeah. it's his instrument. So how do you? How and do you he's know? been he's been playing the strings for like all our records we released uh, with Feed Me to the Waves and also other bands like for several several years so it's like a good partnership you know mm-hmm. does he ever and then we had nadia who played cello on the uh first two albums right yeah and uh, she also it's the same thing there uh, pretty much so yeah we're lucky to have those um people close by pretty yeah. much so do you do you all use um like samples then for for live performances do they ever play with you play with you live to reproduce the sound uh, i think uh, we will try sometime to have it live we we don't want to use samples um and i think uh, live it's 
I don't I don't want to say it's different because like we play everything on the record as well. Like it's not a studio album, mm-hmm. but uh, like still the songs sound uh, different every time because you know we we have the luxury of you know in post rock you have a lot of pedals. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and you have a lot of opportunities to like just go on and maybe drone a while, or you can uh, like add some feedback to something and just go with it. And uh, mm-hmm. so, I think I think we do that like constantly, even so, though it's in the frames of the song still. So you guys, um, do you guys it, sorry, go ahead. Uh, I have nothing more to say. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess do you guys approach. Have you guys tried? I mean, maybe this is not uh important to anyone else but like when when thinking about reproducing the songs live do you guys try and did you guys try and find a version of it where you know because you can't play guitar and trumpet at the same time unless you've figured out some way Mm -hmm. but like do you figure out well maybe you know like do you guys have live versions of the song or you guys just go with emotion and you know one every show is slightly different and um energy slightly different Mm. Yeah, it's it's like um, uh, of course you can play like trumpet and guitars at the same time, but then again, like trumpet doesn't is more of a sound, and the, the melody can be played, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but then it would be like I, I don't want to come out as like we just do a stu- did a studio album, but it, it is a lot more like live takes um Mm -hmm. so i I think uh, we're like fine with uh, live uh, sounding a little bit different i think it's natural i think it's like this day and age you know i actually kind of prefer that like when i see bands just because you know if i wanted to hear what it sounded like i'd just listen to the record i always like i like a different live aspect to it yeah so i think that's always great to do well speaking of live if i'm gonna just kind of take that a little bit with the record uh the song all align which is one of your singles and you guys have a video out for it right now on on youtube um you guys that was one take all together wasn't it yeah pretty much um i think it was like me and uh, christopher first jamming it out once Mm -hmm. and then uh, it was before we uh like uh, we were just setting up to record like uh, the first demos or something um, and we just played it uh, and then it felt so good so we just left it and we, we thought about like re-recording it but uh, then we said ah, fuck it let's do it lo-fi and uh, yeah don't touch it it sounds great <laughs> I think, I think yeah. you just aroused the shit out of Chris when you said lo-fi <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's an amazing track, and and uh, who's playing piano on that? That's actually me, uh, or the Rhodes. We we have an old Rhodes uh, lying around in a rehearsal, which we uh, borrowed from a friend uh, like five years ago. And it's still <laughs> it's yours now. Haven't asked, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> where it is. Yeah. So we've used it on all the albums it sounds yeah good. it's a bit of a Pandora's box for us <laughs> well it sounds great on that track and that track is is man I, and I think I hit you guys up maybe um, after you guys had released that and uh, yeah was really looking forward to the album and it, it fits perfectly with the rest of the record even though it's a little different than the rest of the songs just the vibe of that track is unbelievable 
it's just beautiful and it it i mean there's i could pull out different different sections of the song that i actually loved and how the guitars come in and um <laughs> yeah it's good stuff and then i guess more uh back onto the recording um i did see that one of you guys had posted a video of it on reel to reel do you guys record analog or is it do you guys transfer the analog neck uh, after recording it digitally or what's the whole process with uh, approaching recording on this record? Um, yeah, thank you. First off, uh, for <laughs> praise, uh, uh, this record was like, it was recorded uh, digitally mm-hmm. and then it was mastered on uh, tape and real to real. Uh, and all the all processes of the mastering were done uh, analog. And uh, it's actually a colleague of mine who owns all that stuff, like uh, reel-to-reel and a really good uh, uh, analog mixer. It's actually uh, the same mixer, like the same example of mixer that was all the Swedish translations for the Disney songs were recorded on oh. <laughs> uh, when it, when they came when they came out. They were recorded on that uh, uh, that mixer. So that's awesome. Uh, yeah, that's uh, now it's we're part of the Disney history, I guess. <laughs> uh, so, We've been touched by Disney history. Yeah, <laughs> love that. But uh, yeah. We wanted to have it analog from the beginning, um, but it's like hard to take a reel to reel and have it in a cellar to record the drums and uh, well, stuff that's, like that. So, that's when the pressure's on because it's like you got it and you know you just hit record liver, yeah. and you have to get it on tape. So yeah, digitally yeah. is a little more friendlier as far as that. Uh, yeah. And, and uh, me myself, like I, I, I've done all the mixing, uh, so and I don't really have um, too much experience with uh, analog, like full analog. So it's just like yeah, we had to do it dig- digitally uh, in the beginning, and then uh, put it on analog later. Um, and I think it turned out really nice because um, I did a digital master and. Uh, I felt like oh, it's a little bit too like pushed and it sounds too clean. And then we put it on uh, tape and it uh, just made it all blend really nice. Yeah, uh, there's there's definitely a warm tone, and um, I, I think I get it more so in the snare. Um, it, it seems darker mm-hmm. than the previous uh, releases, and uh, the way the the instruments and uh, in the passages and and then the transitions glue together, it 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 definitely has that that warm feeling and um it doesn't feel sterile and i think that that if you guys had released a sterile uh record you know with the first master that would have been uh probably contrary i mean just from listening to you guys uh uh, counterintuitive or or not what you guys Mm. were going for with the organic approach to writing this record so kudos on the on the mixing and and the mastering and i mean good call on that it's it's it just flows so well this record is so effortless and I mean, it sounds like for the most part, it was effortless in producing. Um, at what point did did Dunk become interested in you guys? How did that relationship work out? Because they had just released 
Intel on vinyl, which I'm still waiting for. <laughs> um, <laughs> but we also, we haven't really received our vinyls as well. So oh, really? Oh, <laughs> we're man. still waiting for those. Okay. Uh, how, so, so how did that chill out, Chris? <laughs> is what they're trying to say. Relax. <laughs> checking my email. I'm checking my email. Um, so, how did that relationship work out? You're, you guys uh, working with Dunk and. Um, Um, it was just like uh, in a um, couple months ago, like in September, the, the album was pretty much done. Uh, I had some, like the last master wasn't done yet, but we felt ready with it. Like it, it was listenable. And then I just sent them a mail, like here, our album, please listen to it. And then they did like respond in just a day and like, hey, we want to release this. And we were like, cool. Let's do it. <laughs> uh, so, like the whole process was really nice, and they they are amazing at what they do. Like, uh, I will credit them. Uh, when we were like supposed to release it now, they were <laughs> a little bit like uh, Vutus, uh, the main guy, I guess. Um, he just uh, got a kid, like. Uh, uh a month before we were to release so we was like gone with that and uh we didn't really know what the plan was and there was some like uh, small stuff that uh, <laughs> were quite stressful like uh, in the last minute we just we uh, they said like ah uh, oh, maybe this is going to be two lps uh, but it's like quite short can you write two more tracks um then we kind of did uh for the vinyl uh there's actually a hidden track uh, oh motherfucker in- <laughs> oh, chris but, uh, just got so excited again <laughs> <laughs> you might have you might have heard it and uh, then there's also another track Hello. called uh, <laughs> uh, uh, and then there's another track that we i i took like from a sound check uh, the onio uh, track which is like a soundscape track uh, which were actually like when I sound checked uh, the guitar amps and I just uh, took that and added it on the vinyl so um, yeah um, there was like some last minute changes and uh, we also as we we said like earlier that we, we, we were going to do everything by ourselves because uh, last time we like asked someone to do it like not not to throw anyone over under the bus, but like it took a lot of time. And then this time we were like, yeah, we're going to be masters of our own uh, creation, you know? So I also made the album cover. And uh, so in the, and then when they, when it was going to be like two discs or two vinyls, we had to like converge it into a gatefold. Right. The whole packaging. Yeah. Yeah, uh, so, and that was done like three days before the release or something. So (laughs) it was really stressful. So when you, uh, go ahead. Yeah. Uh, Uh, Well, other than that, like Dunk, amazing, you know, Uh, I I think the whole concept of Dunk is uh, so nice and uh, they're amazing at what they do and all credit to them because they, I think like what they did in, in uh, Belgium, like a small part in Belgium, has now gone like internationally. Uh, mm-hmm. I think there's like some post rock festivals in the US as well, like starting up. And 
I think it's all like because of the movement they started. So we're really proud to be part of them. Yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely awesome what they're doing, and I think they have a few shows, um, kind of like a traveling caravan, if you will, um, throughout Belgium right now. Um, did you guys have the artwork picked out when you had sent them the email? Uh, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> so I guess more on that, like what's how do you approach the artwork? Because it looks like you also did the artwork for the first two releases as well. Yeah. Um, I think like um, this time, like the first two album covers are uh, you know stylized and uh, have this kind of concept uh, going around them. Uh, uh, but uh, this time, uh, wanted something similar feeling or like something that portrayed the sound of the album, and uh, pretty much it's a bunch of lines. I just. Uh, uh, drew on a piece of paper with uh, a background of an old oil painting I painted. Uh, it's, it's really simple, but uh, I think it it feels good. And then <laughs> that that said, like we had maybe over a hundred iterations of what the album <laughs> should look like. I, I think it took so long time. Like uh, I made a concept of the concept and Christopher, I think was the one that said, ah, nah. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah. we had, we started out by working with a photographer and thought about having those lines on a photo and then all of a sudden Robert and it didn't really feel 100% and then Robert just sent a picture of a close-up of his painting and I was like oh that's nice and we started working with that and then we said but what if the painting had lines on it and then we added the lines and it was better and then we felt what if it was like a circle and so I mean it was a long way to it it I mean, we liked where we were going, but we didn't feel that we were really there yet. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there's a lot of alliterations of uh, of the album work, yeah. and I think uh, I think this is the Sorry. best one. I hope it is. <laughs> I like it. It's almost like it, it's for a, pushing it... you around, Robert. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, I I think especially after hearing y'all, you know, especially going into the meaning of the album and hearing kind of the background behind it. it I hearing you talk about the artwork now, it, it definitely feels like a great rep, like abstract emotional representation of, of what the album is. So, um, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. You're, you're so kind. To us. What is it? <laughs> I'm yeah. really trying. And I'm sure Chris is too, trying not to be like super fanboy right now. Well, this, <laughs> I'm sure you'll be happy to know that the second half of this interview is just all insults. So <laughs> you got to balance it at some point. Looking um, forward to that. Yeah. No, I, I'll probably, I'll get mine out of the way. Cause I probably would be remiss if I didn't say this to you guys, but I mean, especially after hearing you explain the meaning behind the album, it, I, I was getting chills a little bit just because my personal f- favorite song on the album is Within Reach. And when I first heard it, um, it I lost my dad a couple years ago. And I that song, for some reason, I don't know if it's the title or what it was, I felt like a closeness. To, it just gave me like a feeling of feeling close to him. 
So that's why it was get, like chilling to kind of hear you he, like hear you guys talk about the concept of the album and Inteal itself. And um, I don't know. I'm I'm, I'm curious to, just because it's my favorite song. I, I selfishly want to hear like if you guys have any fun stories about writing that song in particular, or <laughs> if there were iterations like your album artwork where you felt like it was close but you added some stuff i don't know i'm just curious if you guys can talk about within reach at all because it's to me it's the masterpiece of the album and i just i i can yeah. listen to that song over and over and over thank you <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah like th this kind of shows like why we write instrumental as well like uh, you know uh, you can think about your dad and like when i hear it i think about Something else, I guess. Yeah. Uh, but uh, within Rich, I think uh, was our also like we felt like it's a lot of fun to play, and it it felt like really big. Like yeah. um, I think um, production wise, and like when we recorded it, it like felt nice all the way through. But the song is really simple. Like it's super simply played. But find it's like works like uh, like a charm for us, and uh, I don't know. Like uh, I guess it was a jam <laughs> that, uh, like most of it, um, it was actually I think it was the first song we jammed when we knew uh, when we moved to a, a new rehearsal space. Like uh, we. The old rehearsal space we had was pretty much like small, small room. Uh, and we played three bands there. Like it was jammed, packed with shit, like all over. Mm -hmm. And then we moved had to like this mostly. Yeah. I had, <laughs> at the time I had two pedal boards, which took up like the whole floor. <laughs> uh, so then we moved to like a bigger space and the I think this was the first song we played there. And uh, I think it was one of those songs that just came, like, start to finish. Uh, I think the melody just felt natural and it builds in a natural way. And we just, like, played it. Uh, so, yeah, it's... Uh, and also on the recording, like, on the... On the whole album, like the drums are pretty much not really mixed. Uh, it's compressed, and then there's like some uh, I fixed face and stuff like that. But it's pretty much the room speaking, and then uh, within reach, like it just felt so good in the room when Christoph played it. So it felt really big, and then we just uh, it just worked really well. So yeah, I hope that. Uh, <laughs> answers yeah, no, your that's I, I think it's I, I think it's very moving to hear that we have kind of what do you, what do you call it uh got you to Made feel something yeah. right yeah we got it got you to feel something because we all have like emotional but it, they all have like this emotional uh attachments to different songs even if we have made them or other bands have made them so uh, i think it's really moving and heartwarming that to feel that we have created something that can uh, make you feel such a thing 
You understand me? Oh, absolutely. I'm starting, I mean, I've... I'm starting way kind of crying here because no, I... that's really the point. Don't, because I'm going to keep crying. <laughs> Seriously, I was tearing up, like, like, don't lose it, Lance, telling them the story about your dad. I'm holding um, him right now. He is, he's cradling me, and my shirt's already off, too. Um, <laughs> I, I uh, No, it is. It's I, I honestly, I had that. That's why I think I feel a very in teal with you guys, because I hope I used that correctly. <laughs> Probably didn't. Um, but because, uh, I mean, the the Perme- Permian was that way for me. Um and then this, I mean, the whole album is, I mean, I feel such a closeness to the entire album, but it's just especially like Permian was that for the last EP. And then this song was that for, at least for me on this record. And, um, yeah, that's, I, I don't know. I, we haven't, we're only meeting you guys virtually, but <laughs> I do. It, it's weird. You know, I, I think like what you're saying, it's, I, I think you already answered that. Cause I've always been curious with, I loved hearing you say that earlier that you guys just kind of naturally, like your natural instincts as musicians was to create this instrumental sound like with no even really like thought about putting like any kind of vocals behind it or anything like that. I love that you guys just kind of naturally fell into that. Um, I was really curious, uh, sorry to kind of take us off the record a little bit, but I'm just curious what, like after you kind of found out what that was, did like, what were some of your like first listens to like other instrumental artists? Because a lot of great instrument, I mean, there's so many great instrumental post rock bands that are that have come out of Sweden. I think so, like Oh Hi- uh, Hiroshima, I think, and U one three seven, and a few others, Moonlit Sailor. So I'm just kind of curious what I, like, I kind of after that moment, did you guys start listening a bunch and um, like what were some of the early uh, influences? I guess like uh, the first influence we had of must be like Antarctic. Um, listening a lot to Antarctic. Uh, and I don't know if they're like well-known or anything, but uh, they're, more, they're more like a math rock band, but uh, I think their melodies are so nice. Um, and then I remember very fondly uh, a memory I had when you, Tom, showed me Page Lost for the first oh, time. Yeah, great band. Um, it was uh, like, we were 17, 16 years old, maybe. And we were out on this island uh, in our town. And uh, uh, we were uh, biking, like uh, bicycling. And Tom just like, listened to this. And I had the whole uh, In Never Out album uh, for the whole night, pretty much. Like, I didn't talk to anyone. It, it was like kind of kind of a party, or like as we do in Sweden, like sit by um, a river and just drink beer. Um, <laughs> but I, but I, I I sat there and listened to Page Lost like twice the that album, and it like it still is like my biggest uh, I, I don't know like musical memory uh, from that age, yeah. you know. Um, yeah, but uh, it's like we discussed this recently, what like music influences us and, uh, or, uh, like we, we never wanted to look at a band and uh, say, ah, oh, let's do, uh, explosions in the sky song, or right. let's do the, uh, Mogwai song. Um, uh, but I, I think we like looked at, um, uh, 
the concept of maybe like the biggest influence was was maybe Mogwai because of the concept of the band and like how they are as a, it's it's a lot of like fuck you we do what we want feeling about Mogwai mm-hmm. and uh, maybe it's the same about tortoise and uh, or what do you, how do you say uh, tortis uh, uh t- and yeah tristiza uh, tortoise uh, tortoise yeah oh oh, okay. oh tortoise and, uh, oh yeah okay gotcha yeah yeah so uh, like those bands like and maybe like boards of canada you know yeah. uh bands that just do their thing and doesn't really think about the rest and uh it's it's likable it's really good music but yeah i i, I just get the feeling that mogwai are a bunch of like old guys <laughs> doing their shit you know yeah and uh we wanted to be that <laughs> those old I mean, guys. when they started making music they didn't make post-rock post-rock wasn't a thing they just made music and that's kind of what we want to do we want to make music not necessarily post-rock but it's yeah. the music that happens when we three play with each other or four with niklas as well well like with the groups that we've had it's just been the natural way of making music and we don't really yeah. think in like post-rock like oh let's do this let's do that right that often i mean sometimes we do it uh but other times like we listen a lot like the bands that we have in common that we listen to is mostly probably radiohead that we all three adore mm-hmm. but yeah it's it's the feeling of making whatever you want mm-hmm. yep that's kind of like having a freedom of doing doing exactly what what you want to make absolutely yeah. and you also so, have like the mouse right yeah and a lot the modest mouse as oh, well okay. yeah unfolds yeah. yeah yeah so and like uh, the thing about like radiohead is also just also conceptually like kid a you know um first having like this uh very successful sound and then going to something else completely and that that's something that ex- inspires me at least like i i think the sound we have now will always be like the feed me to the wave sound kind of because i don't really feel like we should uh, we don't really need to like uh, go out more uh, musically like because we we feel good at what we have now um but it's like inspiring to have um to look at bands who just do their shit you know and uh, do it good and that's pretty much thing we do like uh, we we just do this because we want to play music pretty much and uh, this is the music that comes out and then the post-rock scene now, like, uh, I barely, I don't want to say I barely listen to post-rock, but I, I don't follow, the, like, the post-rock scene, like you guys maybe do. Um, but then again, like, I can enjoy a lot of the new uh, music people uh, let out, but uh, I have a hard time following it because uh, I don't know why, really. But um, I think a lot of, Bands look at what hasn't been and like try to 
remake that or repackage that yeah, or that like for sure find an edge to it. You yeah. can hear the conscious and, decision uh, in the music for sure. Yep. Yeah. So it's not it's not a bad thing. Like I think that happens everywhere all the time. Um but that's not really what I'm after when I'm listening to stuff. I want stuff that like kind of uh, at least like makes me feel something. And uh, a lot of the time when you hear that, oh, this is a Russian Circle song, but another band, uh, it doesn't yeah. make me feel that way, you, you know? Absolutely. Um, I, I don't want to fi- uh, sound like pretentious or something like that. Like a lot of bands do really good music, but um, I think the most important thing for us is just to make the music that comes comes to us, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. So, um, kind of going along the lines of influences and other bands, each of you, this goes for each of you. Is there, uh, any music that's been released this year or even film or literature that you guys are excited about or anything you guys want to share with our listeners, uh, maybe for us to check out like the Antarctic or Antarctica band that you mentioned, I'd never heard of them. So definitely going to check them out. But is there anything else maybe more recent, like this year, um, that's uh, that you guys are excited about makes you take your shirt off. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, for me, like um, I just discovered the band uh, Big Thief, and they have a song called uh, I think it's called Not. Uh, it's really good, like super good song. Nice. Uh, it's not instrumental at all. Like it's it's pretty much like a Neil Young sounding song, but uh, Neil Young makes take your shirt off. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, otherwise, like uh, I haven't been able to see uh, the Lighthouse. You know the movie? Yeah, oh, yeah, great movie. Robert Eggers. Yeah, yeah. I haven't been able to see it, but uh, his other movie, the the Witch. Is like one of my favorites. Yes, that's such a good movies. movie. It's 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 interesting, and and I saw Lighthouse, and holy shit, that is yeah. that it, it just the cinematography, the 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 way they talk, their the way they interact. That movie is a masterpiece for sure. So I I would highly recommend checking that movie out. Yeah, but because the witch like, was really the, good. the witch is uh, like my favorite uh, movie for this decade. Like it's super good. And uh, when it came, it was was right when we released uh, before this wilderness consumes us, and uh, that uh, line is um, an iteration of a line from that movie, The Witch. Um, uh, it's like when I watched it, I felt like ah, this uh, we could make <laughs> we can make sounds to this music, like we can jam to this uh, because it's so like weird and good and uh, uh, haunting as well. Right. So, yeah, I think that movie kind of influenced some of the songs on this album as well, like, to just, uh, I don't know, it feels so dark. And so, yeah, it gets my uh, tummy tingling. <laughs> what do you say in America? Like, uh, <laughs> uh, it's called having a boner. Goosebumps. <laughs> Oh yeah, goosebumps. Yeah, that works. Something too. like that. Yeah, boner, goosebumps, okay, whatever. Yeah, same thing. <laughs> yeah, but th- that's me. Uh, anyone else? 
Well, I have, I have listened a lot to this guy called Sebastian Plano, which is more like what do you call it, like movie movie music in mm-hmm. a sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he made he released an album called Verb Verb. I don't know how to pronounce it, but it's amazing. <laughs> it's absolutely, it's a gorgeous sounding record. So that's. That's my spider sensing. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. I don't know. For me, I don't listen that much to like new music. I don't latest like new music that made me like think, oh, this is different and good. Probably like I don't know, Billie Eilish. Oh really? I mean, it's boring, but it's still like I like what she does and like I think a lot of the like exciting stuff in music right now is happening like outside of the alternative and like the only like progressing music I think is mostly hip-hop but sometimes it's not forget I really like Kanye's new album because I think it's really different from anything else that's been released doesn't I doesn't mean that it's good but it's <laughs> completely different from anything else that's been released i think of this decade which is inter- interesting like to to put yourself in that position that this is really different and progressive but might not be that good but it's still i don't know it not at all the sticks i think i think you i think that's totally fine to, to say that I, I think it's because uh i, I mean i i know kind of looping everything together like uh i think I, I know people that have seen the witch and they're like i don't like it but it's a good movie you know so just like a record it's like this made me feel something this made me think something i'm not sure if i like it but the fact that it made me feel those things i can appreciate it for that for that fact and listening to the kanye record uh jesus is king i think is that the one you're talking about yeah yeah, yeah. i mean i i love his his approach to gospel in fact i kind of wish it was a little bit longer of a record and they had more gospel but um it's a very interesting record and i've never i know billy eilish but i've never listened to her so it's very interesting to hear you say that those those are two of the most influential at least at this point uh, uh, for you yeah well that was of last year i mean i think the decade that it's been has been really good and like a lot of good bands have come forward mm-hmm. but i think last year in general or this year in general well i haven't seen some of the films that i would like to see i would really like to see midsummer mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i, haven't I seen that think one that will be quite different as well a lot of swedish stuff in it <laughs> <laughs> yeah no but it's like it's a horror film about something that we in sweden does not consider horror at all oh it's like the most joyful day in Sweden where it's like summer, but nine, ten of the, nine times out of ten it rains. But it's still like, it's a joyful day where you're like out and you're like eating food and just enjoying having a summer day, mm-hmm. which they've made into a horror movie <laughs> or like a suspense movie. And now everyone will be scared to go out that day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, interesting. That's awesome. But the, but the thing about like Billie Eilish, I think uh, 
if you, if you put it like the concept into let's say like uh, the whole thing she did like uh, I think it's a really isn't it like a huge hit I haven't listened to it either but like um, she like if you see in the mainstream music scene right now it's pretty much I think it's like yeah I don't really want to say what I feel but uh, it's not good <laughs> uh, so um but like the thing is like with her maybe it's that she uh, did something completely different from anything mainstream but still made it work so like if you take that thing like that happened in the mainstream world um uh, and you put it in post rock like some band comes in does everything a bit different but makes it work really well like it's it's super hard to do that in a in a genre that's so static you know mm-hmm, like yeah. it's super firm like what a post rock for it's big like but also you kind of can point it out but if someone comes and still does post rock but does it in such a way that you're like oh, this is so 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 different and then it's really good like uh- yeah, that's something I that's something I talk to to Chris about all the time. With this will destroy you. It's like I feel like they're mm-hmm. probably one of the uh, like epitome of bands that other bands. I uh, some of the other bands try to mimic. You know, some of those sounds, especially like Tunnel Blanket, and but that's what I talk yeah. to Chris about all the time. Why they're one of my favorites because they just it's like they seem to go out every record and like we're gonna do something completely different, do it, and then they can they move off of it and do the same thing on the next record. Um, yeah, so that's why. Yeah, I totally agree. That's and after talking to you guys, it's kind of interesting hearing how you guys started and, and how post-rock wasn't even, uh, you know, in your, in your, um, in your space at that time. You know, I, when we first heard you guys, when we first featured a track from you guys, it was, uh, it's nice weather down here. And immediately I was like, this is like, this will destroy you. I think I said it on the air too. And now I feel stupid for saying that because it's probably not what you guys had in your, in your, in your space, you know, I, when creating the song. We listen to a lot of this will destroy you. They're really good. So I guess it's like natural that you, um, yeah, that you, uh, yeah, it, it comes into your music as well, like the stuff you listen to. I, I really like this will destroy. You. Um, but I, I had this like conversation online with someone, and uh, um, I actually shared like a feature in our local. Uh, news uh where i was featured and and they said like post rocker robert holm mm-hmm. uh, and I, I i wrote like the status like uh um i, I don't want to be called a post rocker i'm a musician yeah yeah the king the king of post rock in vesteros and i was like what 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 is this and uh then i got like not called out, but someone uh, from the post-rock community said, like, why don't you want to be called, like, a post-rocker? And I would say, like, I don't know. Uh, it's uh, I don't really want to, like, put labels on music that much. And uh, that, that was, like, a thing when we started, when after we released the first EP, and people said, like, oh, this is post-rock, but kind of not post-rock. We were like, okay, what's post-rock? And we listened to it. We liked it. And then when we started rehearsing or like writing new music, we were like directly like, okay, people think we're post-rock. Let's write Mm post-rock. And then we tried to do a couple of songs like that. 
and it didn't work at all. Like it, it just didn't work. So after that, I, I don't really want to label myself into a genre like like that. And at least when it comes to songwriting. Uh, but then again, like "Feed Me to the Waves," it's very much a post-rock band. But I, I don't want to see us as like. You just don't want to be boxed band, in, right? right? Yeah, post-rock songs. Yeah, yeah. It's it's, it's uh, hard to maybe explain what you feel about it because I think sometimes people hinder themselves to like that. That's very apparent in like the mainstream world where people try to, if let's say like Kanye makes uh, album one way, I think there will be five other albums the next day trying to mimic the sound and it doesn't come out in the same way. It's the same like in the post-rock and I, at least that's what I'm feeling. If if I go into a studio or a rehearsal and think about like, okay, I'm going to do this song in this style. I'm going to do a post-rock song now. And that's the only thing I'm thinking about. Like I, I'm going to do a post-rock song. I'm going to have the crescendo and then I, I do it like they did in that song. And then I take what I do in this song and I just jam it all in. Um, I think it will be really bad music, <laughs> yeah. at least for me uh, and us. Uh, I think we're all feeling that way. Um, but uh, then, like, to be influenced by sound, like, yeah, I can say that we're, like, influenced by the Disco Destroy sound because, like, the album sounds so good and it's all analog. It's uh, really dirty and stuff like that. Like, we like that. Um, but then we, we wouldn't go into the rehearsal and say, Let's do this. Will destroy, but we would all we would all always go in like, ah, oh, let's just play, and it will be feeling two ways. Yeah, um, I think Chris and I actually talked about that on our our very first episode, where I told him I I hate that label post rock, and I think it's like yeah. to what you're saying. It's you do that, you probably miss out. Like, what if you felt that like a jazzy trumpet was going to be an awesome addition to something you guys are writing you probably wouldn't think of that if you had that boxed in mindset of oh we got to sound a certain way or we got to do a certain we have to do it a certain way so i it's just really awesome to hear you talk about kind of feeling that same way about kind of fighting against just that label yeah and and i i had another friend who plays in a like post-rock band and uh uh, this was way back and uh, they were having a gig and all they wrote for like their band the description was like we take the sound of Sigurds and adds it to uh, explosions in the sky and then we do the crescendos like this will destroy you and the, then like where's your music right Who, what's left <laughs> what's, well like, first uh, of all yeah, the balls that? on that person yeah. to say, <laughs> how dare you use cigaros in that way <laughs> just kidding um well yeah no that's um it's it's almost like everybody is trying to uh, too scared to find their own identity in what yeah. they're doing in their creativity and it sounds like you guys organically but that that's been a problem in music for all of time like oh this yeah, works true. we'll sure. do that yeah and that's not how i think necessarily interesting music is made interesting music yeah. is made that one that can go a different route instead of just going down the same old path as everybody else has done or thinking in the same ways that somebody else has done mm-hmm. i think it's 
I mean, that's how we treat the music is that we do it the way we want it to sound. Mm -hmm. And we all listen to different music and that makes the, our music sound different because Tom, Tom does one thing and he thinks one way. Robert does one thing and he thinks one way or the other way. And I do a third thing. <laughs> so, I mean, <laughs> that is kind of how it's always been. And when we meet, I mean, that's how our music is made because of how it sounds when we three play it. Not that we set out to make one type of music. It just becomes the music that we play. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. So I guess, I mean, unless you don't have anything else, I was going to ask them what they have planned. Oh yeah, no, I want this record. No, absolutely. I, I want to respect their time. I know it's getting yeah. late their time and, so yeah, no, please. We can... So yeah, I mean, you guys have released this record. The, the records are being shipped. Apparently, I don't know. If, <laughs> I don't know if I've got. Um, what's what's the plan? Do you guys have a tour to support this record? Are you guys uh, playing any? Are you guys leaving Sweden at all to to play anywhere else? Can we expect you in the states since we have some <laughs> post rock festivals out here? Yeah, um, yeah, we'll, we'll play Dunk uh, this year and. Uh... We just got uh, confirmed, so it's uh, super nice, and we're super happy about that. Um, and when when but, do, you, what, uh, do, do they have an exact date on that for next year? I think so, twenty fourth uh, of May, I guess. Oh, awesome. We can we can look it up. I wouldn't and we'll say, be uh, sure to have it on. Yeah, <laughs> look yeah. it up. Yeah, uh, but uh, it's. Uh, gonna be amazing like it is a really nice place i haven't been there like i i, I wanted to go there so many times but i haven't been able to so now it's pretty much a dream come true you know i was gonna say i bet that's gonna be super surreal like your first time there you guys are, <laughs> are playing it <laughs> yeah yeah it's also so, the first time playing outside of sweden as well really yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i mean we've only played in two places in Sweden, that's Stockholm and yeah. our hometown of Thor. We've done like one gig a year since we started the battle. Wow. That's insane. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it is like a combination of like all the shit happening to us. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. makes sense. Also like uh, the, the scene, music scene in Sweden isn't really, even though there's a lot of bands, um, there's not really a lot of interest to have it at like bars and stuff. Uh, there's, I think there's a crowd for it, but um, they rather have like a band playing like CC Tough covers. Uh, <laughs> so you you don't really want to try. Um, and actually, like the clubs that actually do play interesting music, they more than often get shut down. Yeah. Oh, really? Because so they probably this, yeah, not a yeah a, a lot. Of places in Sweden, like cult places, uh, that's been around for ages, that are like taken down one by one by like you know city rules of uh, them making noises and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, um, it, it's weird, like because uh, it's also with the other band we play in three to one. We were in on tour in uh, China last year, and then. Uh, uh, it was it, it's like surreal in the in there because the, like a lot of people listen to this kind of music. Oh yeah, so they'll pack a show out for for that. You know, it's pretty crazy. Yeah, 
And then uh, like there was a lot of people like coming up and uh, saying like, ah, oh, Westeros seems like such a big town for post rock. You know, we were like, what, what, what do you mean? Like, I put these this band and the Fibonacci Waves and then the other band like, ah. Oh, yeah, we play in all of those bands. <laughs> uh, we um, are those. Yeah. We are that music. <laughs> yeah. So, so like in, internationally, we're it's a, a bigger thing. But uh, like at home, we're yeah, we can't really get a gig. That's crazy. <laughs> so that is so it, crazy. It, it would be nice to come to Dunk, and we would like to visit uh, US someday. Just throwing it out there. <laughs> you got a place to stay out here. So oh yeah, West Coast. What's up? Oh yeah, nice. <laughs> if you if you have a big enough living room, we can we can make it work for we'll you. We make it work. Oh, we'll uh, definitely. Yeah, yeah. We're master but fort yeah, builders uh, over here. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> living room. I'll sleep on the toilet if I have. To. <laughs> <laughs> the dedication. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but, that's. Uh, other than that, we we started to look at some demo recordings for uh, for a new release because, like, that's the thing that at least drives me is to make new new music. So, I hope, not to say too much, but uh, you never know what happens. But uh, hopefully, we'll be someone back. could mysteriously <laughs> flee to Italy. We never know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you never know. Yeah. That is freaking awesome. Um, I I would love to see you guys tour the states, and I have no doubt that uh, you guys would pack houses out here. Yeah, um, not houses, but venues, and then um, pack our house uh, with with you guys. But I don't even think we said where you guys were where, where you guys are from. Actually, from the start of the episode, so and you guys have already dropped it. But um, Westeros is that correct? Sweden. Yeah. Yeah. Game of Thrones. You know, which yeah. I didn't watch, so I don't know what that. <laughs> how, dare you, how dare you, sir? <laughs> Ugh, clearly, we're not going to be friends after this. I did not know that about you. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Live without you. No, that's great. Um, that's it's not worth it. <laughs> <laughs> Come, we'll just put you guys, your guys's music on, and fill something. So that's what we'll do. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's that's amazing. Um, I, yeah, I, I have. I think I said it when I when it was released. I I have no words to explain what Intel is, and and even what I was expecting versus what I received was way beyond, way beyond expectations. Like just listening to the first your second EP, and then going into that, hearing all line, like I just it just it I don't <laughs> I really don't know what to say. And like I was telling Lance earlier. Uh, Within Reach was the first song that when I heard the record, I was like, holy shit, I got to listen to that song again. Once I went through it all the way, all the way through like twice, I went back and that was the first song I replayed out of order. Um, And I thought that was my favorite song. But then like I was telling Lance, every song I listened to, I'm like, yep, that's my favorite. Yep, that's my favorite. Yep, that's my favorite. (laughs) So it's really (laughs) difficult to choose one. But I think for this episode, what we'll do is we'll feature Within Reach since that was my initial one. That's the one that Lance really loves, and we made one of you guys cry over that song. So <laughs> I think that's that's how we'll end the episode. But uh, is there anything else you guys want to share with our listeners? Um, you know, anything at all? Anything at all? Uh, thank you. Uh, it's, yeah, it's been a pleasure. Yeah. A, yeah. And uh, for the listeners, like, uh, also big 
thank you because like uh, I, I, I we just do this because we like to play music like we don't expect anyone to listen to it or uh, even like it you know so to have a like there's a lot of people writing to us and a lot of people liking it and also bought the album which we are like blown away about so uh, thank you a lot and uh, I hope to see you some of you guys at least at Dunk this year so that would be amazing yeah. um, is there are, are uh, copies of vinyl still available for Intel as of this recording like could anywhere could we get that anywhere for listeners that don't have access or don't have the record yet uh, yeah I mean we can officially Okay. We can we can share that uh, later on once we post the episode. But I just want to make sure people have access to your music. Obviously, it's streaming on yeah. on Spotify and iTunes yeah. and everywhere else. But uh, getting the physical copy, I mean, just after what you guys talked about with the artwork, how the whole record came together. I mean, this is one of the releases I definitely need to have physically, uh, just because you know all that emotions there, knowing the background and everything else. So I really can't wait for that to to show up at my front door and um yeah it's been great guys and i appreciate yeah you this was our pleasure thank you so much this has been so much fun to get to know you guys and and talk to you for sure yeah um, like and uh, with the uh, vinyls it, they are able to be ordered and uh it will maybe run out soon but uh, there will be more so uh, just to lay it out there cool. so yeah thank awesome. you guys a lot it's been amazing to talk about music that's the best thing it is to talk about yeah. yeah definitely so uh if you guys want to give us a second i think lancer and i are gonna do our little closing for this but we still i, I still want to talk to you guys after this recording but um yeah so okay. we're, we're gonna play within reach from uh feed me to the waves their album intel released this year uh stream it where you can buy the fucking record because do it holy shit holy shit Yes. Uh, just want to say thanks to all the listeners, as always, uh, at Waves of Sound Pod on all the socials, wavesofsoundpod.com. Uh, find Feed Me to the Waves on all the socials. Yes, I think sir. it's, uh, is it FMTTW Band, right, on the social for you guys? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> we'll we'll post links it. and everything else yeah, yeah. Uh, for that stuff. But yeah. thanks again to, to Feed yes, Me to the Waves. You. And uh, here's Within Reach. Thanks, Chris. Thanks, Lance. <laughs> <laughs>